Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you're at in the world. Welcome back to Edmonton After Midnight. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about a digital world and everything that comes with it in the video game atmosphere. So once again, I have my friend Alan on today, and we're going to have a discussion about what we think this is looking like, the pros and cons, and the future. So, Alan, how are you doing? Good. It's good to hear, good to hear. So, um, before we get into that, um, you're doing some cleaning right now, right? Yes. Can you tell the viewers what you're cleaning? Cleaning up in particular? Uh, my video game collection, that's one thing that has to be packed, and then all my uh, other hobbies, such as manga. Uh, uh, I guess uh, I do have some anime uh, anime on uh, on DVD, so yeah, just packing everything that I own. So um, let's get into, because we're talking about video games pretty much today, let's get into the video game collection. So as someone who's a video game collector, what are some of the pros and cons of that job, because it is a job? Uh, more of like, what are the stresses of that job um, for someone who's been collecting? So tell the, the listeners how long you've been a collector, what you specialize in collecting, and what the, yeah, like I said, pros and cons of being a collector. Um, see, start collecting seriously probably when so high school, so probably about twenty. I'll say about 20, 25 years ago, probably a little over 25 years ago. Yeah. Long time. Uh, started seriously on the PS2. Do you remember what the uh, first game, do you remember the first game you ever bought? Not, not first no. game, not first game that was bought for you. The first game that you ever bought with your own money. It'd probably be somewhere, something in the Super Nintendo era. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, Oh, games, uh, back then you can get like, a, well, at least from friends, sometimes you can get them like, okay, uh, uh, get, people want to get rid of something. So, well, take a bit of money, uh, time to say, maybe get a few things off them, but I don't remember which one. The first game I bought was definitely in the PS1 era. I'm trying to remember what game it would be, but definitely was in the PS1 era. I just can't remember what game it was. Probably a fighting game, most likely. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, keep going, yeah, as you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. see, don't think I purchased anything uh, PS4 era, but before, because PS1 era was the, uh, well, as, well, don't have much money as a kid, so you much more the pirate, uh, I went more the pirate route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did the burnt games. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I did that a little bit later on with, you know, the 360 and Wii and Wii U and stuff like that, even the Switch to this day, but um, obviously I have you know, doubles. I had doubles of those, so I just use them for more, like, testing purposes. But, yeah, it is what it is. You do what you got to do. Um, yeah. Especially these days when, you know, demos are being put out less and less and less. You know, you want to check out a game before you want to buy it. I mean, that's an option. So for those out there, pirating, I mean, pirating is its own thing. But um, <laughs> it definitely is its own thing. Um, I mean... I don't have much to say about it. Um, it is what it is, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's like, PS1 wasn't serious collecting yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then PS, uh, I, I do mostly the JRPGs because I grew up with the Super Nintendo JRPGs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and then my next transition up Super Nintendo was the PlayStation, so I jumped uh, huh, Nintendo 64 era. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also my PS1 was mostly, uh, at that point in time, like just Pirate Day. Yeah. Uh, renting from uh, from uh, video uh, uh, vi- uh, yeah video stores mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, and then when I got into PS2 um, probably back then like there was ways to but uh, I didn't have means to get it uh, uh, pirating so uh, my name's legit yeah yeah but, uh, my super I do have a Super Nintendo collection but it's like smaller most of it was bought for me. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, most of it. Yeah, most of it was. And then, the as PS2 library was pretty big, it was like, um, eventually my collection grew, uh, like, um, grew bigger and bigger. It was like, first I fit like, a, well, a cupboard where I put my games and then uh, eventually it grew bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, so as PS2 was well, pretty good, good age of uh, like collecting JRPGs as there was a lot many on them. Yeah, on the PS2. Yeah, yeah, that's when I was able to go on video game stores uh, on my own and well, um, browse every week if I well if I so choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and um, that transit well, even well, because I was just collecting mostly a certain genre, I do branch off a little bit to like fighting games or um where sometimes some platformers or action game action games those are kind of the genres i kind of branch off to and then i start collecting for ps3 and well basically as we get more ps2 and uh and ps3 stuff uh as well as portable stuff i did collect for uh the ds the PlayStation Portable, uh, yeah, those hand uh, and the, the handouts. So basically, like uh, the collection started to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Need more, need more well, space, but uh, I didn't have cupboards, so I just kept them in boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what after what? What system do you have the least collection for, and what system do you have the biggest collection for at this moment? My least would probably be a tie between Xbox and Wii U. Okay. Yeah, and uh, do you say which one do I have the most for? Mm-hmm. I would have to probably say. Between PS3 and PS4, I think PS4 is starting to overtake the PS3 collection. Okay, that's good to know. Interesting. So, um, what are the pros and cons of being a gaming collector in 2022? Well, definitely was what what most people noticed at the start of the pandemic. Uh, everything just like shot uh, shot right up in terms of the value of games. Mm-hmm. JRPGs are most uh, one of the more known ones for while well, uh, prices going up. Um, 
uh, because of the digital era, I guess um, uh, swapping in disks could be a pain pain for some people. It, well, depending on uh, if you're kind of uh, like jumping all over the place, or if you're like more like a play a game and finish a game, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, looking for a complete box, how uh, like uh, some some people look at that uh, the condition of the uh, con- condition of the of the games it's in, and uh, well, as we're getting more and more into the digital age, like they're printing more limit limited copies of physicals for some uh, some games. Yeah, like sometimes it's even just up to like okay, how many people pre-order them, and then that's all the that's all the store gets. Mm. So you might not even like uh, like if you don't pre-order, you might not. Well, there is online. I don't really shop online. Yeah, you're more of um in the store type of guy. Yeah, brick and mortar. Yeah. So do you? What are your holy grails? Like you know, they say holy grail. As for those who don't know, holy grail is it's basically, you know, I guess the rare games or the high expensive games that one may own. So out of your whole gaming collection, what would you consider are your holy grails? Uh, PS2 would definitely be uh, uh, the horror game uh, Rule of Rose. Not fully uh, what I collect, but I do have that as a holy grail. That mm-hmm. one is probably, well, with pandemic prices, I've seen uh, more. It was, uh, I knew it was like about 300 maybe now it's about could be 600 800 Wow. Yeah. And let's see. Be my three. I don't know which one might be the Holy Grail, but I do know uh, the Atelier collection. That one has gone up quite a bit. Not as much as folklore or uh, or three D dot uh, uh, dot hero. Mm. I don't own the. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't recall which ones are expensive for through PS three. Uh-huh. GS might be Black Beagle. I don't own all the po- well, Pokemon games aren't Holy Grails, but I uh, uh, do own some of them, but not all of them. P- uh, 3DS, I don't. Oh, it looks like he got disconnected there. Uh, yeah, we're not doing this. Uh, we're not doing this interview in person. This is a phone interview this time. Looks like he got disconnected. I'm sure he'll call back. So I'll just wait till he calls back. But in the meantime, Alan was discussing basically the holy grails he has. Um, there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah, you disconnected. <laughs> It's all good. All right, yeah, go ahead, continue. I let the I let the listeners know that you were calling back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't realize my phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Let's see. Three D S I. Always wanted the Fire Emblem Special Edition, but never had actually had a chance to get it. Mm-hmm. Nor uh, I don't have them. What's the Holy Grail? I can't remember which one was my Holy Grail for that one. 
like got a holy grail for Vita, which is the Arno Surge. That one, I think, uh, could, uh, last time I checked was probably about $250, probably. Somewhere around that prep range. And then PS4 would probably be, uh, it hasn't ended yet, and I don't know which one is still considered a Holy Grail, but um, uh, Blue Reflection, the first game. Okay. It, I don't have uh, much of the limited run stuff, so I don't, uh, I'm not counting those, because uh, those ones are probably, uh, those those games are probably the hardest to get. So I don't, uh, I haven't collected any limited run games. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, tracking some of those, uh, if you want, like, a completing cl- uh, in a collection of some games, yeah, those are probably the, some of the hardest ones. Uh, um, for PS3 and PS4, I did collect um, uh, the Tales Limited Edition besides the Tales of Arise. So, pretty cl- pretty complete in terms of um, uh, those ones. Mm. Yeah, I do collect some sealed games, so... So I guess some of them uh, might be worth a loss. The seal might be worth something. All right, and um, so before we get into the uh, latter part of of this episode and basically the main event of the things that we want to talk about, um, can you briefly share with some of the listeners what are some tricks and trades that you use uh, to obtain the systems or the games that you're after? Maybe there's people out there who are listening who may want to get into this hobby, may not know how to, or, you know, may need some help navigating. So can you describe what you do and what's the best practices to uh, hopefully obtain con- what you're looking at, trying to get? Yeah. Uh, contrary to uh, some people, like, uh, thinking, well, uh, or like uh, GameStop or EB Games is a good place to, like, uh, um, like sometimes get like a fair, uh, fair like a um, below market price sometimes. Cause, uh, cause if you browse those stores, uh, some people on the resale side even like uh, um, when they have deals with like EB Games and GameStop do have like pretty good deals. But you have to kind of browse them often uh, to like see if you can well find something like something that you want. Because uh, well, even if you go uh, like a uh, 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 secondhand market, like uh, 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 Facebook uh, buy and sell, like uh, uh, you don't you may not necessarily find like those specific games. Yeah, that's where that's that's where um, that's where uh, GameStop comes in, and you know we haven't looked at any of those pawn shops yet or like game city and even though game city is probably overpriced so i don't yeah i probably would not even bother going there um yeah they're overpriced so i don't know if that would be worth it but yeah um how about any thoughts about you know how to navigate with pricing like what you know like things that you do to kind of lower the costs and some of the games that you purchase that are on your list for collecting that when I mostly go with uh well whenever EB games have a good deal, mm-hmm. um I do know uh like Amazon a lot like if you do do uh, like uh, online like uh 
after our games up for a while, like maybe like you might be able to find good prices on Amazon before it actually well, uh, goes up in price depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, usually, uh, what may uh, people consider fair, I might just uh, I'd like to go. Uh, I like to sh- like aim for a lower. Yeah. Uh, most mostly lower than what Amazon is pricing the games. <clears throat> so usually, like maybe like, um, buff is one thing. Like if you visit a pawn shop or a secondhand store enough, maybe like uh, um, if you get familiar with the staff, they may be able to like tell you something something rare is coming in if they don't do that for somebody else already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little advice to the listeners too is um, do research on the product you're looking for. The last thing you want to do is overpay. You always want to underpay for something, right? That's the best case scenario in these in the in the in these um, searches, right? Um, yep. Know enough knowledge about what you're buying. If there's different versions of it, what those versions mean and how much they cost, because you don't want to go to the store and then someone upsells you something, and because you have no knowledge, you end up buying it. Next thing you know, you find that you come home, you pay fifty dollars more than what it's worth. So you got to do your knowledge and. You know, know exactly what you're doing because I've heard so many stories about people getting tricked into paying more for something than what it actually is worth or because they're so desperate to get it or just not being knowledgeable enough on what they're purchasing in general to know that, hey, I know people who've made mistakes and not purchased certain things because they thought better of it when in reality it was a sweet deal. You know, if someone saying, "Hey, I can say it's, a, it's say it's something that's you know something you really want," and um, you think if you really want it, you already know about you know its price point and everything. But let's say it's again that you really want. And the person says, "Okay, you got it for forty bucks," and you're trying to beat them down to twenty hard. And it's like, okay, but you know, if you did your research, you would have found out that this game is maybe worth eighty to a hundred bucks. Well then, yeah, as much as you want it for twenty, you may just pay that forty because you're still going to make a profit if you want to resell it or you know, keep it, you're still getting it at a win compared to trying to beat someone down to a lower cost where they completely will tell you to fuck off and then maybe sell it to someone else at that price and then you lost a, lost a pretty good deal, right? So knowing knowledge about what you're buying is very important in this hobby. Now, I'm not a collector like Alan is, um, but um, I am very good. I consider myself very good at negotiations when it comes to these type of things, buy and sell, that's kind of like something I'm really good at. Maybe I should apply that to real life. <laughs> Make some bigger money with that. But um, yeah, um, I feel like these are those are important things that one needs to know when you're navigating in this type of game. Um, and check your items, man. You want to make sure you're not buying fakes. Have you ever been in a situation, Alan, where you purchased something like you know collecting, and you found out it was like a fake cartridge or or anything like that? Or no, uh, for that I'm lucky. I, uh, from what I looked to see, uh, most of the things I bought like do uh, seem legit, and uh, yeah, uh, I, mostly I bought a fine case, so I don't. Uh, well, I do know like, Game Boy Advance is my one thing that I don't doesn't have like a uh, complete case, uh, like. Complete box, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, from how it looks, it feels like uh, everything I bought seems legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, because I don't draw. I do have a few Pokemon games which are known to be fake, but I haven't really like in depth look at. Okay, is it a uh, real or fake? 
And that's another thing uh, to those who are in this hobby. And this goes back to buying and selling and my guide that I had at the beginning of the year. Test shit out. Don't be scared to ask questions. And if you're in person, if you really feel like something's going on here, you feel like a little spider sense going off, test it out if you can. Because that when you mention that you want to test something out, you'll see that person's true character, right? If they know something's wrong, they probably won't allow you to test it out or they'll make up some bullshit excuse. And at that point, you know, hey, I'm walking away. I'm not doing this crap, right? Some people are barefaced. And what barefaced means is they'll do things in front of your face knowing something's wrong with it and act like it, like it's all good. In that case, you have to have the knowledge to know, hey, okay, this conscience is looking kind of weird. The color may be a little off. Because there's little things you can look at that can separate a, a legit conscience from a fake conscience, right? And, um... You know, like, we're, we're talking about older games here. Uh, with the newer stuff, I think, like, when it's CD-based, it's kind of more straightforward to the most part. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it just comes to know, know, having knowledge about what you're looking to buy and just doing your due diligence so you don't get, you know, ripped off and overpaid for it, right? Have you ever over, have you ever been ripped off or overpaid for uh, something you collected? I think I've uh, overpaid for a few things, uh... I understand there's some things you I understand there's some things you have to overpay for. I get it, but don't make it a common habit is what I'm trying to tell the listeners, right? Like sometimes you're just in a situation where something's just too good and you're like, you know what? I wanna spend a hundred dollars, this guy's asking, this girl's asking one fifty, but you know the thing's worth three hundred, but you do it anyway, and you know, it is what it is. I mean, people are overpaying for PS5s and Series X's right now, so I mean that's been happening since twenty twenty, so prime example, right? So what can you do? Yeah, and when you go to conventions, like they have all the well, all the stuff people want. So uh, there's always that. Uh, well, uh, if it plays on your nostalgia, you want it, you may overpay for it, or um, or FOMO. Basically, you uh, if uh, if you don't get it now, like uh, there's a chance you might not see the well these rare games again. Oh, you'll see them, but you're gonna see them with a hefty double or triple price tag. Because remember, a lot of people go to these conventions to buy these things not to keep but to resell because they know they'll make double or triple, right? Or even quadruple. Like I know in the Funko Pop, in the Funko Pops, which I'm a I do collect Funko Pops, and maybe I'll do an episode about all the Funko Pops I have. That'd actually be a good one to do. Um, people go and buy Funko Pops knowing they're not going to collect them. They buy them just to, and they repost them on OfferUp. OfferUp is the United States app. Uh, that's what I use when I'm in the States to buy goods and stuff like that. Um, I've had pretty good experience. You know, the funny thing is, in my history of buying and selling, I've never had a negative experience in the U.S. yet. From all the buying and selling I've done in the U.S., everything has been on the up and up. I've drove all across California to buy things, um, Fungal Pops in particular. Never had a, never had a, never had someone give me a, you know, maybe because they see me, they're like, oh, I don't want to mess with this guy. But maybe it's just, um, this is the way I just, you know, I'm straightforward. And maybe certain people take that as a, a plus. And, um, yeah, I just, I just never had a bad experience. Um, I never had a no show yet in California. <laughs> or maybe it's people need money more there. I don't know what the situation is, but. Yeah, I've never had any issues in California yet when it comes to uh, buying. So that's a that's a that's a good thing. But um, so what Alan's basically saying to what I'm saying is, um, yeah, just do your due, do do your due diligence and just know what you're what you're buying. And is there any last words you want to say about 
um, collecting games, hobbies, before yep. we get into the, yep. the actual yep. meat of the podcast? Yep, there's two things. Uh, well, one, physical collecting. You do have to keep track of what, what you actually got and don't have. That's once you start uh, mirroring different systems, like uh, get, getting the same view for different systems. You have to well, keep a mental track uh, uh, or have an app to keep a track of uh, which, uh, which, which ones you do own and don't, because... Uh, when a game is released on multiple systems, I tend to start to forget, did I collect it for this one? Uh, like PlayStation 4, is it Xbox or Switch? Which one did I actually get it for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and second is, if you do want good deals, sometimes you do have to buy, like, uh, like, uh, um, get a video game lots. So, like, if there's something you do want, to, like, you might have to, like, uh, Pay whatever the more expensive price or whatever deal you can get it at, and that's like, well, things you can get rid of, you can, well, like, you don't want it in your collection, you can probably try and, like, uh, sell it off to, like, uh, offset what you bought, uh, well, uh, uh, offset what you actually bought, uh, what the game you actually want. Yeah. Yeah. And also, sometimes you may have have to travel a little bit further for deals, so you you have to be willing to make that trip. Um, Yeah. In 2022, 2021, I got a lot of deals to buying and selling from what I do. But I had to drive out, drive, drive all over Alberta. I've driven an hour out, hour and a half out just to get some deals. And, you know, right when I get back in Edmonton, the shit's sold already. I get it. I post it where I'm at. When I drive back in Edmonton, I'm dropping it off to somebody for doubles. Like, it happens. And I'm willing to make that trip. So keep in mind, too, also any listeners who are trying to get this hobby, you may find, don't just look in your city. Look at the city next to you. And if you want to make that trip, if it's really worth it to you, because sometimes you'll find a sweet deal, but it may be an hour away. But if it's worth it to you and you're able to, you'll probably make that trip. So that's yeah. another thing, right? So Yeah, and also like uh, garage sales, estate sales, those are... Like, uh, because those aren't really listing all the items they have, it's basically, like, it's worth it to uh, uh, give it a shot to look around, uh, look at those types of places. What I do with garage sales is I, I usually look on, like, Kijiji or Facebook, and I always ask the seller, like, do you have any Apple products or video game products for sale? That way you're not just driving to these sales to find nothing. I just ask if they get back to me and say yes or no, and if there's something interesting they tell me, then I may think about going. But usually, most times, these garage sales that I've been messaging, they don't have anything like that. It's just other items. Um, so we have about 30 minutes left, so we're going to get into the meat of the subject. So let's get right into it. Sony okay. has the PS5, Microsoft has the Series S and X, Nintendo has a Switch. This is what we're dealing with in current gen. These companies, I feel, are dragging their feet and playing with their consumers, okay? And I feel this way. I've felt this way for a while now because it seems like we have the PS5 where they're coming in, but they're coming in a snail's pace. We understand with the chip shortage, et cetera, et cetera. But then Microsoft is ramping up their production and they're paying for we're paying so the manufacturing the chips can come to them. So my question is, why isn't Sony making this move? Are they resting on their laurels about how the PS5 is this, this, and that? And like, I feel like if they continue with this path, Microsoft is just going to outsell them. And let's be honest, like I have Game Pass, I haven't really, rarely use it, so it's not really for me. I, I probably downloaded four or five games from it, and I paid, played maybe two of them. 
you know, I'm a big Left 4 Dead person, and you know, Back 4 Blood is the spiritual successor. I have had it on my Xbox for maybe six months now. I haven't even touched it once. So that's just that's a me thing, though, right? But um, it seems like PlayStation is just you know kind of just coasting, and I don't know why. I mean, the PlayStation is basically, to be honest, for me, it's basically a glorified PS4. I'm glad I have it. And I know eventually within maybe then this year or next year, we'll, you know, I have a couple PS5 games I do play, but the majority of the games I play are PS4 games, right? That's just the way it goes. Same with the X Series X. For me, it's a, especially for the Series X, it's a glorified for friggin' Xbox One X at this point, because especially with Microsoft, I haven't put out any first party. Not that I'm big into first parties, because first party games are different genre of games I don't really play. But it's always, you know, it's always nice to see when these things are coming out. Because it lets you know that hey, there's work being done. I'm not, of course, there's work being done in the background, but you know, people are you know desiring these things and whatnot. So, um, and Nintendo's being Nintendo, and we just listened to some stuff about Nintendo and Nintendo. Especially, I'm so I don't know. I have to think about Nintendo because I want that pro system and I want it to be you know equivalent or or as close to. But it seems like Nintendo wants to go in their own route, and it seems like Nintendo's always focus on maybe. The, you know, they basically have a template on the table. They did something that none of the other systems can do, and I don't think that they want to do it because it'd be labeled as copies. Imagine Nintendo made a portable version of the Switch was a pro version. That portability part alone will gain them hundreds of millions of dollars just off the fact that if it's able to play GTA V, Call of Duty, outside of the house, outside of their fucking house, do you know what kind of game changer that would be? That's a big game changer for everything. But they have the blueprint. Like Everyone's been asking for this, and it just seems like they're dragging their feet, and they don't want to do it. Look at the Steam Deck. Look at the Steam Deck and take the things that Steam Deck is doing wrong and make them right. These things are easier said than done, but I know that they can do it. But Nintendo's in their own. We don't focus on hardware. We focus on software. We're Nintendo. You know the saying, if you can't buy, we're not going to do sales on our first parties, rarely. Uh, Just buy it if you can or when you can. We don't care. And the whole issue with the Wii and Wii and 3DS shop, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I don't know, Alan. What are your thoughts on this? It seems like these companies are starting not to care about the consumers. We all know consumers don't... We all know these companies don't care about us, really. It's, we're all numbers to them. And once they get the money from us, it is what it is. But what are your thoughts on what's been going on in 2022, and particularly with the lackluster amount of games that have come out, especially first-party games? And do you see anything changing in 2022, or do you see more of the same? Mm, I see more of the same. Uh, I will say Nintendo does kind of well, like for, uh, get, uh, well. There's more games that um, people like, uh, like, uh, like their their library of games is like uh, they seem to like uh, release nice, good games and like in batches. Was like there was always something new for Switch. There's always something new for Switch, but is it something new that people want? Like, it seems like we go through, like, three, four, five months of a drought where it's just minuscule releases, and then you get a big game. Yeah, that. Yeah, it, but the Switch was out before the Series S and X, too, right? So, years before, four, was it four years out before? So, it's already established system. So, that I don't even know if that really counts, because they've been already operating for a couple of years, right? It's not like all these three systems came out at the same time. Where you could say, okay, well, we'll give the Switch some leeway. They've been out for like four years before these systems come out. At this point, we're in 2022. The Switch has been out for what, six years maybe? Uh, it came out in 2016. Think, did it? 2016 it came out, right? Switch? I think so. I, 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so it's been about six years. So um, you think by now, you know, and maybe they have it in their plans to release a more profitable system, but from all the discussions you hear, it's like they don't really care about – they're more about software, and that's all cute and all, but we want the hardware so we can play the actual software we want to play. We're, you know, people are kind of done playing just Nintendo games. We want to play like our – you know, true gamers want to play PS5 or PS4 Pro Series X, 1X quality games on their Switch, taking it out of the house. Which is the big component of this all. The one thing the other systems cannot do. Nintendo, I don't know if they can even make a home console at this point because they're pitching themselves with a hybrid console. This might have to be their destiny at this point to always make hybrid consoles. Unless you want to make a home console and make it super cheap. Other than that, you got to probably do these hybrid consoles from now on because people are not going to probably accept any less. And that's a good problem to have, but what happens when people get used to it? What if someone makes something actually better? Because I don't think Steam Deck's any better. Steam Deck is basically like, you know, it's a a PC on the go, which is its own genre to a point. But at the same time, if it patches itself up, it could do some serious damage. So I think Nintendo needs to get it right. Give the console that the hardcore gamers want, whether it's next year or whatever. And, you know, let's go from there and let's do our thing. But what are your thoughts? On the PlayStation, uh, what are your thoughts on the PS PS Five and how it's been this year, and this and the Series X and X and how it's been this year? Well, well uh, I looked at the date as like uh, as actually, well, I thought it was later, and it was um, it's actually twenty seventeen that our Switch released. Oh, twenty seventeen. Okay, okay. So th- it's five years. Okay. Yeah, five years. Yeah, and um, um, well, I feel Switch well really has. Like, uh, well, with sales, it does show, like, establish itself. And uh, Nintendo, like, always hasn't been, like, truly about, like, hardware sales. They want to, well, uh, they don't, well, uh, possibly make a, make a system at a loss, even though, like, I know consumer, consumer will, will buy it. But, uh, but, uh, with the Wii, uh, uh, Wii U was, like, kind of a very big flop. So they, they really had to, like, um, uh, think of, like, uh, what would like uh what they could make that like would make them out uh, like uh that would uh, a next system that would be successful which is the switch and well with the portability it really had um like uh people like uh like wanted to take games on the go um but um but also like if you with power more powerful hardware like most people have said with the Steam Deck it's like um the power like the power doesn't last long. If you make something more powerful, it's definitely going to be a more drain on the battery. And, uh, uh, and well, what good is a system if, well, per se, like, you can only take it out for, like, two hours? Yeah. Yeah, they have to think about that. More powerful hardware is good, but you got to think of the power consumption. If, like, if you take it out, like, only for two hours and it's, like, dies, it's, like, you're always going to need something to charge it all, all, all the time. Um. Or, well, if you're, like, on a, like, well, not somewhere where you can charge, it's kind of like, well, you're basically, like, uh, playing, you only get two hours of play, and then you, well, basically, like, uh, well, just, well, carry it until you, well, get, can get to a place where you can charge it. I do understand that, like, people want those big AAA, like, GTA, uh, like, um, those really big games, you know, Call of Duty, you can take on the go. Um. 
But, uh, well, you got to think, like, if an SSD, <clears throat> if you have something like a SSD and, like, something like Steam Deck, like, uh, uh, battery life, uh, they have, well, Nintendo always have to consider, like, okay, how do they extend the battery life? What they, what they can, well, what's the best balance between, like, how long you can take it and, like, uh, um, and, like, how powerful it gets. I understand that, but I think that's something that, um, will always be considered because, you look at the Steam Deck and how how much hours it gets outside uh, are being portable, and we all know it's probably not going to be the greatest. But at the same time, people are always watching with battery packs these days, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. People out there with their phones, they got battery packs connected to their phones. I've seen people out with switches with battery packs connected to the switches already. Uh, I think Nintendo's thing is cost, but at the end of the day, it's like when you look at your competition, they're selling systems respectively. They're lower, they're they're lower, the lower cost systems is what for. 420 and 525 so if the switch had to bump up to 500 or 450 in canadian of course um but it's equal i don't think people are going to complain because of the one factor i keep saying it does one thing that the other two can't do therefore you justify the cost because of that and people will not be upset people might be more upset with the other two consoles because they're getting a better deal off the portability. Because, hey, if the Switch Pro can do the same shit that the other two can do, except you can take it out of the house, they're going to be like, hmm, well, this one's worth a bit more because I could take it out of the house. And you're, the other two have to stay inside the house. You guys should lower the cost on those ones. That's my true belief. Now, SSDs are expensive. But, hey, we we're dealing with it now. It's just unfortunate that we have to deal with the bullshit of what it is. And SSDs are expensive. And it does rise the cost of these systems. But that's the future. And at the end of the day, we got to just look at it and say, okay, well, hey, uh, if if, if man Switch Pro, it probably will most likely come with 250 gigabytes SSD, probably, right? Um, probably that's like the lowest they'll go. And that it would be enough to kind of justify the system at a, at a decent price point. And then, hey, I mean, they have to allow us to what, maybe put an SD card in there or connect another SSD or something. So there's little things that they can do or should do that the other devices are doing also to allow this to occur. So it's not that they can't do it. I know it's going to take a lot of uh, R&D, but it can be done. And I think they get at a right price point comparable to the other two consoles. If a Switch Pro came out and it was the same price as the PS5 and Xbox Series X, I don't think people would complain. They, well, I mean, they would complain, but, you know, if it came out and it was the same specs, I think people would just end up buying it anyway because of obvious reasons. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think Nintendo is just being Nintendo at this at stage of the game. And, will they, you know, if they can make it at a certain price where they're making profit, that's fine. Nintendo probably doesn't want to take a loss, as you were saying. That's probably their biggest thing. But then just do do what you have to do. Make sure, like, if you have to put 250 gigabytes SSD, yeah, people are going to be upset about it. But make, as long as we have options to store other ways, then I guess we'll just deal with it. Because I'm not happy that the fucking... PS5 and the Series X have one terabyte SSD. It should have two terabytes SSD. But they have one. But it is what it is. It's got to deal with it. At least we're able to plug in externals and play. So allow us, I would make a new dock and allow us to plug an external in that new dock or, you know, an SSD external and let us rock. Or even allow us to open the switch and, you know, well, people could do it anyway. Open it and put a, put a bigger SSD in there. Just like the, you could do with the PS5 and, you know. So, that's all Nintendo, and they may not want people doing that. 
but I still think they could create a system that is comparable and in price too. And I think they'll be fine off and they'll be better off because I think it will sell. I honestly think a system like that has a potential to sell more than the switch does right now. That's my personal opinion, but yeah. Two points on the well, on Nintendo uh, that you made. Uh, Want to elaborate on? Well, one I do. Uh, 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 um, uh, even though like we think of it like how successful the Switch is before, like uh, just before they uh, released it because of the failure of the uh, the uh, Wii U. Um, um, well, Nintendo also has like okay, they have well. In comparison, there was like the mobile market that they have to be aware of, aware of because like well, a lot, a lot of people were like into like a um, well maybe like a well because uh, as like uh, the handheld market, uh, um, the mobile market does take away from the uh, uh, could take potentially take away from the switch market. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also like you have to uh, kind of think too like back in the 3ds and Vita era, like the Vita is much more powerful than the 3ds. And the, uh, I know the problem with the proprietary memory cards, but uh, um, but like 3DS really outsold the Vita. Like the Vita was kind of like well, one of Sony's like somewhat failures, even though there's a well, still a big community for Vita. But uh, uh, there was also a risk, uh, risk assessment for that. Okay. Yeah, and also like I think like um, well, people with switches like um, well um. Even if they make a Switch Pro, like how how many will they make? Uh, it's definitely like well, once they reach the hundred uh, hundred million uh, hundred million mark, uh, um, it's like it, even if they make a Switch Pro, it's like um, how many people will? I know there's people that jump on board and get it right away, but uh, some people are like, okay, I got a Switch already. Why would I? Well, in a sense, need a Switch Pro. It'll probably be like. It won't do as the numbers won't do as well because uh, at this point I'm thinking like, uh, like the switch won't like, like be selling like as, uh, as well as like uh, like uh, as well as it did in like uh, in the well, first five years. No, no, I, I I agree with you, Alan. Um, but then again, there's trade-ins. A lot of people who, keep in mind a Switch Pro would only feed the people who really want it, and the people who really want it are the going to be ones to buy it. Now. With the chip shortage and everything going on, I know that it will be created in short batches, just like the Steam Deck, right? I am aware that this is where we may go. But I'm looking at the future. We start it now. Let's say let's say they announce the Switch Pro for 2023 Christmas, November. Okay, maybe till 2024 will be a bit slow, but guess what? I'm looking at the next two to three years when this is a main thing and then more people have it, that everyone can get it. And everyone could just relax and then we're able to play the games we want to play. I'm not looking for, you know right off the bat, I'm looking at like two or three years later when it's like in circulation and then everyone's like, okay, now I can play fucking GTA 6. It's coming on the Switch Pro, right? And then more people have it. It's going to be a slow burn because of the chip shortage and people are just getting back to work. I understand that. So it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be like a a fire starter right off the bat. It's going to sell 10 million off the bat because they probably can't make 10 million. At this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. But they can make a decent amount towards where, hey, 
people are going to start getting in their hands and they're going to be like, okay, here's the flaws with it. Here's the good with it. And then it's going to start to pick up momentum and space. And then when things get a little better in the world with manufacturing and just people in general, then it will start to just, same thing with the PS5 and Series X right now. It's the same way it started. These things sold like crazy and then they slowed down because they can't, well, especially Sony, they're having issues making them or putting them out, right? They're coming and showing up and then they're going. They're showing up like three at a time at a store. I'm accepting that I'm expecting the same thing, but it's happening and they're making it work. So Nintendo could do the same and make it work. That's, that's, you know, that's my point. right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, thoughts. Um, you know, these companies are kind of dragging their feet with everything. And I feel like they're not taking the consumer's consideration of a lot of things into, into hand. Sony, you know, had to backtrack on closing the Vita shop and everything. Nintendo's sticking with closing the Wii U. Um, if you want to close the Wii U and 3DS, you better do something about your Switch store. Because <laughs> that store is trash. We Everyone knows it. It looks trash. It's It operates like trash. If you need resources, and that's why you're closing down the Wii U store and the 3DS store, please put the resources in the Switch store. Make it look like at least something decent. Um, We've got about 10 more minutes here. Um, so we're going to get to the main, main topic. And it's d- a digital world. We're getting to a digital world. That's where we're going to be going, it seems like. The reason why I bring this up is because, as many of you may know, a lot of things are getting more digital these days, even our consoles, right? Even though you have a Blu-ray console, you may be buying a lot of games digitally. So, you know, with companies like GameStop and whatnot worried about the future, that it may be going digital, what do you do as a collector or what do you do as someone who likes physical? What happens if the next generation, the next 10 years is just digital? They just give you a controller. My idea is this. I think there's going to be an app that comes out, maybe for your TV. And maybe you have to pay for it because app may have all the features inside of it to operate. Or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be a free app, but then you've got to buy everything. My idea is going to be one of two things. There's going to be an app. And they're going to sell a controller in the store and you plug it in Type-C to your TV or whatnot. And then you operate the app and that's where everything will be. Whether it's Sony, Nintendo, Xbox, Microsoft, whoever. Or they may do a Google Chromecast route where it's a stick that you plug in the back of your TV. That's basically the system, quote-unquote. And then you know you plug in your controller and you go from that route. And it's all going to be digital. Why? Because you cut out the middleman. Companies cut out the middleman. Uh, there, there's a big thing about Blu-rays and discs and, you know, environment to, and stuff like that. So you cut back on that. And, you know, it, Xbox One wanted to be digital. They were always focusing on this internet, always internet and digital. You know, Xbox, you know, had Xbox One D, Xbox One Digital, right? P, I don't think PS, PS4 ever had a digital version, right? So it was just Xbox. But um, they're, they're gaining, to, they're going towards this. And the big factor is... You have to keep in mind, when you buy discs and stores, don't you ever wonder why when you put it in your system, it downloads the whole game anyway? Like, it seems like a waste of time at that point, right? Like, you buy a disc, you're expecting the game's going to be on the disc. When you put it in your system, it's downloading, and then it's downloading the whole friggin' game. It's like 40 gigabytes. That's the game. It's downloading the game on your system. But And then also you need the and then, so look at this. It downloads the full game on your system, right? You put a disc in, it still downloads the full game. And then if you take that disc out and you try to play the game, it's going to say, put your disc in because it's the license. It makes no sense. It's like you might as well just bought the game digitally in the first place to avoid all that, right? And if you scratch up your disc, etc., you put it in, it's not going to work. It's like 
the game sitting on there, but you can't play it. So you might as well just bought a digital in the first place to avoid all this. Now I adopted a digital. I adopted digital years ago. Um, I converted my whole family to digital, and it has a pros and cons. Obviously, like you know, I've been burnt by Microsoft 360 with when it comes to digital. I lost like a good amount of games. Um, kind of my own fault, I sh- you know. But that's a whole different story for another day. But at the same time, um, I had contacted some some developers, and they said they couldn't do anything about get you know giving me a refund or whatnot. Deals just end, and companies go out of business, and there's not much you could do about it. So, with all the talk about Nintendo closing down their Wii U shop, their 3DS shop, and for basically saying get your digital shit downloaded now because once our shop closes, it's not available anymore. That is a problem that we have to face as digital buyers of products, right? We got to make right. sure that we have our stuff on hard drives, on the go, always ready to go. Because if one day you go to the shop, it's not there anymore, and you forgot to download it, you're shit out of luck. No one's going to help you, buddy. You lost your money. That's the biggest thing. I learned that the hard way with my Xbox 360 because I sold, cleaned my hard drive, I sold it. And then I'm like, a couple years later, hey, I want to get my games again. I better get them. So I bought a new hard drive, and then I went, and half the shit was gone. Literally, like half the games were gone. And I, those are all paid games. So I lost probably thousands of dollars, right? And a couple, like I said, companies said they couldn't do anything about it. Microsoft said we couldn't do anything about it. That was my fault. But at the same time, these are the games these companies play. They get your money and then they forget about you. Oh, well, you didn't download it. Too bad for you. Wash our hands with it. That's the bullshit, right? Right. So digital has its pros and cons. And um, I'm fine with it because I'm I'm more more wise, and I make sure that all my shit's downloaded. I'm still working on my Wii U. I have a couple more things to download my Wii U, and I'm gonna finish that off. And then I need to get a Vita before the Vita store closes, and I finish that off, and I'm done. That I have everything downloaded that I bought, and I'm good. Um, I'm almost done there. But back to the conversation: the future is gonna be digital. So we can't avoid it, right? Then if if we have next consoles, they're gonna be digital. Majority of the people who have disc systems are still buying digital too. And back to the fact, you buy a game and it installs it anyway. So what's the point of, you know, buying a buying in my opinion, what's the point of buying yet yeah, instead of aside from being a collector, which makes sense, if you're not a collector, what's the point of buying discs? Because hey, I don't think it's the funny thing is I don't remember games being sold out. Can you remember like maybe ten years ago? You go to E B games to get a game and it's like, oh sorry, we're out of copies. It seems like these days that doesn't happen as much. And I think the reason why is because the majority of people are buying digital, where it will never be sold out, right? No, it'll always be there. If you wait long enough, you, you obviously get a better deal. It seems like less and less people maybe are buying disc, disc-based games. So we got about eight minutes left. I'll let you, I'll let you finish off, Alan. What are your thoughts? Well, as a as a collector, as a collector. Yeah, I agree that it is getting more digital future, and of course, it's like uh, if it downloads the game, like I, I I do see his point of like what's the point? Might as well get it digitally. But of course, I uh, besides the collector point, uh, um, um, game I want somebody else to play it. Like, well, basically, like uh, he has to be forced to buy it. Uh, um, uh, like uh, with the digital feature, I do understand from the. If you go from a PC point of view, like Steam, you get everything digital, so you may not necessarily care. But um, digital, there's um, well, I've noticed with uh, licenses, like uh, games will get sold. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whereas if a physical, they can't, uh, they can uh, halt distribution uh, like a, of the physical games, but uh, they can't take away well, like all the physical uh, physical copies out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if they pull a game, it's like if you haven't gotten it by that point, but like you're shit out of luck, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that, but at the same time, it's like I just look at like it's. I'm not saying it seems like it's a waste of time, but it's like once again, it's like back in the day when you put a when I, when you put a cartridge in, or even back to PS One, PS Two days, like you put the game in, everything was stored on the game. It wasn't like big, big fucking. The whole game wasn't being ripped to your console. It's like now it's like people I, I always thought when you current gen when you buy a game on disc, the whole purpose of buying the game on disc is so that you have more space on your system. But that's yeah. not the case anymore. You put the disc in it's installing the whole fucking game on your system. So it's like you're not winning. <laughs> like you actually you're at a disadvantage because if you scratch the disc, lose the disc, break the disc, you technically don't have that game. And you gotta go rebuy it again, or you might end up buying on the shop anyway, which you should have done in the first place. Then you avoid all those problems, right? Of course, if the game goes haywire and it gets pulled from the shop, that's a different story. But I think it, that's a time frame thing too. If a game gets pulled from the shop within a couple of months for some reason, I think you get a refund on it. Obviously, if it's years down the line, that's a different story. But it seems like most games that get pulled from the shop, they work if you have them downloaded. If It's a problem is when you don't have them downloaded, i.e. lack of space, etc., and then they get pulled. Then you're shit out of luck. Because I got a lot of games that have been pulled from shops and they still work fine because I have them downloaded. So that's, like where, you, that's, that's the, that's where it gets tricky, right? You're, if you're running into uh, situations where... Um, if you're running into situations where you're, you know, managing space. How I feel about it, well, sometimes the single player element should be like onto this and like multiplayer or other aspects of it can be on uh, uh, as a download. But I do understand like with SSD, like it is faster, like, like on the system, it's faster like um, to play it directly rather than like this would be slower. Yeah. Much slower. Yeah. So there it defeats a point of SSD in some way if it's not uh if it's not on your hard drive in, in modern day. I never mind I got I found it. Yeah. No that that yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Like your point is valid, obviously, right? Like Yeah. Definitely I definitely know that. Um okay, it's just more about mm-hmm. it's really just more about, like I said, I feel like in the future, we're not going to have... They're, they're bringing this environmental thing up a lot when it comes to these discs and they're ending up in waste fills and land, well, landfills, I mean. And like even when they break in general, with all the shards that go over the place, the people are bringing this up more and more often. So like it's almost like they're incentivizing it to say, hey, we're, we have multiple... They can always use the environment as a reason to, to, to backtrack from it, right? It's also save money-saving costs. They're cutting costs in some ways and they're also making more money in some ways because then you don't got to print the discs off etc and at massive scale and even like what you said earlier alan you said they're not even shipping a lot of discs out these days it's like they only ship the pre-orders and that's it so that already shows to me that they're already gearing towards a disc list feature this is what microsoft wanted in 2013 
This is basically what they're trying to say. There's an internet first, always on, and then they're going to slowly, they're probably slowly gearing towards a full digital feature. And I truly believe if we do have another generation in the next 10 years, it's going to be digital. I truly believe that. And I think we just have to all get ready for it. And the best way is to start now. Um, I'm not saying, oh, this is what you need to do. This is what you have to do. I'm just saying it's easier to wean yourself in now than later on when you maybe shell-shocked. Because, once again, we're already doing it. We just don't know it, right? If you're buying disc games, you're already doing it. It is what it is. Uh, even though they say that for the environment, I do know, like, if it's, like, whatever makes some money, they'll do it that way, like, regardless of the environment, because I'm just going to use the example of uh, the whole uh, NFTs and the war, uh, or any type of, like, uh, big thing. It's, like, um, to create it, they have to use, uh, like, costs quite a bit of energy to do that Ethereum uh, thing, and uh, and that's not good for the environment, because it's, like, where, where does their energy come from? Yeah. You see, like, we're draining a lot of energy, and it usually comes from, like, fuel, uh, or whatever, whatever is the source of energy used to create the electricity, and it's like, that's not good for the environment, but, uh, but, uh, it's making people money, and it's like, okay, people are mining crypto. No, there's another another thing. There's another thing, yeah. See, that's a whole, that's a whole different bag of things going on there. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but uh, go- going back on main topic, uh, um, we got about uh, we got about two two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, uh, if um, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, one point I want to make: uh, you buy a game at full price. Uh, yeah, like I don't know, like in the future, if they're gonna change the refund policy, but if you don't like the game, basically, like. If uh if the game company doesn't refund you like uh or you didn't do research you didn't uh have play uh have a good thorough play of the demo like you're screwed you you just paid well if you buy the game new it's like eighty dollars for a game you don't like so that's well one issue I have to bring on and as uh, LB said on the, in the future if like it becomes like a total totally digital feature or um or it might be a service or it could be an app well. I'm not saying it will be, but there is a chance that I'm, well, well like, I might be, uh, get out of gaming. Because, like, I just like to uh, physical that much, but uh, um, there might be other means I can, well, enjoy games. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. I hope you were delighted in what you heard. It's just two guys, two friends, their thoughts on the future of gaming and what we see. We also, we agree, we disagree with each other on things, but we have a proper discussion and we both get our points across. So um, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, all constructive and we're passionate about our games and what we want to see in the future. I just want these companies to be more fair to the consumers. Probably not going to happen because they're about the zeros. That's the, the O's, the money, that's life. We're all about that too. It's just the way it goes. But I don't know. I just feel like they've been kind of cheating us, the consumers, a little rough lately. Uh, I mean, I guess when you know what's going on, you kind of just accept it for what it is, right? So, But Alan, thank you for joining me once again. I know you'll be back on later. Um, we have some other things to record. And um, yeah. for all that are listening, thanks once again. I hope you listen to some of my most recent episodes. I'm still trying to work on some other uh Interviews, I still have um, an episode coming. I did 
or I'm going to be interviewing uh, a homeless man, uh, as I did a homeless woman, I interviewed her. The man's perspective is definitely different than a woman, and um, I do have that coming pretty soon here, so just stay tuned for that. And other that, I have other, you know, like I said at the beginning of the year, I have different ideas and topics that I want to cover, and I will be getting to that. We're almost halfway during the year, so I will definitely get into those. Um, so thanks for listening to Edmonton After Midnight. This is LB, Alan, my guest, once again, and we're signing out. Have a good time. Yep. Have a good day.